0: Hi, I'm Todd Elliott, founder of the Philo Conference, and you're listening to the Practical Worship Podcast. Well,
1: hello and welcome to the Practical Worship Podcast. I'm Dave Dolphin, and this show is designed to help you lead a worship band and be a leader of people. And on the first Friday of every single month, we release a new episode. So make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast on whatever app you're using to listen to your podcast. Thank you so much for listening and being here with me. This is episode number 12 and today we're talking with Todd Elliott. Todd has spent over 10 years at Willow Creek Community Church in the Chicagoland area, leading their production department and now he runs what is known as the Philo Conference. Philo stands for First In, Last Out, which describes many a tech and production person. And Philo is a conference specifically for those serving in tech and production ministries in the local church. And this conversation is about a little thing called easter which is less than two months away easter is a time where we typically create services that are a little bit bigger than the norm maybe we increase the number of people on the stage or there's a big drama element or we bring in an led wall or maybe instead of one or two services we're going to have three or four or five services and it's not just easter We do the same thing at Christmas, or maybe you're in student ministry and it's the big D-Now conference. We take what we do and we do it bigger than we normally do it, and that takes planning. That takes extra rehearsals. It takes the creative team and the production team coming together to figure out a whole host of little details and making time. ...to figure out all of those little details and all the while trying not to emotionally exhaust yourself and all of your volunteers. And with the tenure that Todd has with both Willow Creek and also creating a conference where he's around tech people from churches of all shapes and sizes, I figured Todd was the best person to talk to about pulling off a big Easter service without breaking everything and everyone in the process so that 's the heart of the conversation but first, the product of the month is core sound pads pads are these uh, ambient drony keyboard sounds that you can play in the background when you're leading worship whether you're with a full band or if it's just you and your acoustic or on a piano and the cool thing about pads is that you don't have to worry about the chords as long as you pick the pad that's in the correct key, all of those chords are going to fit and it's going to sound really nice with that pad make it nice and lush it's kind of like, pads are like the mortar in a brick wall, it just fills in the cracks and especially if it's just you and your acoustic acoustic, you know, you could run tracks and make it sound fuller, but then it feels overproduced and kind of fake and that doesn't work. But even if it's just you and one instrument, adding those pads adds just enough thickness but it doesn't seem like super over the top. Now, there's a lot of places that will sell you pads and a lot of great options that are out there. The thing I like about Core Sound Pads specifically is that they have their own app as well because in the past, I have used pads. And then once you get them, now you have to figure out how to use these things, whether that you put them into Ableton or you download another app and then you have to put those pads into Dropbox and then link your Dropbox to the app and all these different things. No, you just download their app and then you select the pads that you want, and it's all good to go. It's super easy to set up. You can uh, select your songs and what pads you wanna use and what keys they are in, and then when it's time to build the set list, you just grab the songs, and you've already done the decision-making of the different pads that they have. Some of them are dark, some of them are bright, some of them are real big and lush, some of them are small and simple. And if you download the app, all of the pads are available in the key of D, in that app. So you can start testing it out and playing with it and seeing which ones that you like. Is this going to fit your workflow? And then you can either buy the pads directly in the app or you can buy bundles on their website. And then when you go back to the app, they all show up. If you use the promo code practical, you can get 20% off of the order. And that's not just like a one time. Every single time you go to the website and you use that promo code practical, you're going to get 20% I'll put a link to Sound Pads in the show notes. In fact, as we mention things throughout the episode, we'll put links to those things as well in the show notes. You can find them at practicalworshipblog.com slash podcast 12. And now, my conversation with Todd Elliott. Todd Elliott, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, thanks for having me. Good to be here.
1: So for for you that are listening, we pre-record these these interview sections. And so for you, I mean, it's the beginning of March, and we're all thinking like springtime and spring break, and where are we going to go to the beach or whatever. But on the day that we're recording this podcast, it's like, Record-breaking low temperatures like all across the nation. And I keep seeing in my news feed, because, Todd, you're
0: in Chicago. Yes, I am. And it's like (laughs) negative 400 degrees there. Yeah. It's uh, minus 23 currently. I don't know what the wind chill is, but... uh... Yeah, it's cold.
1: (laughs) So uh, now, so for for you, because I'm here in Oklahoma City. For for those that are in like in Chicago, like does this freak them out? Like when the weather gets crazy like this and the snow and all that stuff. Like, do you guys like freak out, or is it just an annoyance, or just or is you you don't even notice it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think this is exceptional. I don't, I can't remember the last time I was anywhere where it was minus twenty three degrees actual temperature. Uh, So I think. If you're from Chicago, there's part of it that you you gain a little bit of your self-respect from the fact that you can take it. <laughs> um and so I'm a man, I could do yeah, this. Yeah, right. And so the fa- the other fact is that it's colder by I think almost 60 degrees. It's colder in Chicago than Antarctica today. Wow. So uh, yeah, we're definitely gonna hang on to that one for for years to come.
1: Well, like right now, I was driving the kids to school this morning, and uh, it you know the car says it's like twenty degrees, which I mean twenty degrees is cold. It's below freezing.
0: Yeah, Oklahoma City is cold. Yeah,
1: but but the thing here is like, so when in in Oklahoma, if we see a snowflake. Like we are shutting down the town. There's no school. Right. All the activities at church are canceled. We have wall-to-wall coverage on on the TV stations where they're all showing all the like everything shuts down right, for right. the snow. And I just I have too many friends that I think that just from the north that see us on Facebook or whatever. And like,
0: you people are crazy. Yeah,
1: those people in the south just they don't even know. <laughs>
0: Well, I have to say, uh, so my wife and I got married in '93 in Atlanta. Okay, and uh, we ended up getting stuck there in the worst storm, uh, snowstorm they'd had uh, maybe in a century or something like that. And it was, I mean, by by snowstorm standards, yeah, it was per, it was like twelve inches of snow, so it was not pretend. You know, it was a, it was a good one, but they have no uh, snow plows like the state of Georgia owns two plow trucks or you know whatever something stupid and when you're not equipped to handle it any amount uh yeah just it's crippling so i think it took us an entire day to drive from atlanta to chattanooga
1: yeah, and I guess it's 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 just what your it's what you're used to. I mean, you guys, it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when with the cold. Like for us, you know, it's tornadoes. Sure, right, yeah. And, and and so I always tell people, you know, we're just so like we we just tune it all out. Like if it's a tornado watch or whatever, we're just like ah, whatever. What's on TV? Yeah, you know, will this guy get off the TV so I can watch my Law and Order show? <laughs> I always, I always tell people that like move here that come from out of state. It's like there's one thing you need to understand. Like when when there is like a tornado watch and you hear that tornado siren outside, you must immediately get up from where you are and go to your back porch and start filming it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Not run for cover, but uh, run for
1: coverage. It's just a matter of what you're used to, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, Todd, I appreciate you having this conversation with me, and we. Yeah, my pleasure. One of the things that's coming up here for for a lot of us that are in uh, you know leading worship ministries and tech ministries is that we got this big thing called Easter. That's coming up in like four or six weeks. Yeah. And that always seems to be, you know, the time that in Christmas are always the the services where we you know, we want to do things up big. We might put more people on the stage than we normally do or do like a drama piece or we might bring in some extra gear. We always kind of want to take it up a notch right. yeah. and you know and when you do stuff like that, you know with your experience you know you did many years at, at will creek as the tech director in various areas there and now you know leading the the philo conference and, and meeting with tech people all over uh all over the states and the world or whatever like so you've got a lot of different vantage points yeah. at this i want to have a conversation about like at, you know we at these smaller and medium-sized churches that are, you know, the pastor comes in and says, hey, we got to do something really big for Easter. Right. I, I want to kind of just have a little bit of a conversation about how we can do that with just like without losing our minds.
0: Sure. with yeah.
1: You know, without everything kind of falling apart. And, you know, so how would you approach something like a big service, like for Easter or Christmas or whatever? How would you approach this differently as a production director than you would like the typical Sunday morning service?
0: Sure. I mean, I think, uh, I mean, to start with, Christmas and Easter are the two big Christian holidays that you have a good chance of getting someone who doesn't normally go to church to church. Um, And so usually your services, our services are packed with so many visitors that don't normally experience church. I mean, you want to make it special. You want to put your best foot forward. You want to... Yeah, maybe you want to pull out all the stops or whatever. And so I think um, you know a lot of that upping the game and making it extra special is part of yeah, it's just a natural inclination to this idea that we're going to have more visitors this weekend than normal, and so we want to we want to give them a great product. Uh, you know, for lack of a better uh, more Christianese term, I guess. Um, yeah, we want our service to be moving and amazing and thought-provoking and all those things. And so it's asking for more. And that's when we start putting our toe into this uh, idea of we're doing this once or twice a year, doing something big. How do we even go about doing it?
1: How early would you guys get started on, like, when you were, like, you know, from a technical side of things, when Easter was coming, like, when did you would start thinking about that and planning for that?
0: I mean, if I was honest, uh, really, we never started soon enough. I mean, Easter is that weird thing where you never, you know, from year to year, it's at a different time of the year, so you have less or more time between Christmas and Easter. Yeah. Um. So uh, I have some friends now working uh, at a church in Colorado. They start in December. They have their first Easter meeting. So once they get Christmas up and running, then they have their first sit-down talk. What are we thinking? What are the big ideas? just to get it in people's brain. Uh, I think that's a great idea. Uh, I don't know. I've never been able to be a part of a place where we were that far thinking. Um, So typically what happens is, yeah, maybe sometime in mid-January we're talking about, what is the big idea? So for us, if the pastor has a big idea or if a creative person has a big idea, let's get that out on the table so that we can start uh, working out how are we actually going to do that? I think as a tech person a lot of times it's real easy to I was about to say start poking holes in the idea. Yeah. Um that's something we're really good at. Uh mostly it comes from a place of just trying to solve the problem which uh from a from a creative person's standpoint if it's your idea, you know it just feels like you're you're shooting down everything that's good about it. And so I admit that that's something that over the years I've had to work on that the idea is not Uh, We're not trying to poke holes in the idea. We're trying to figure out how can we make this idea actually a reality. And so, yeah, sometime in January is a good time to start having that conversation, especially if, um, I mean, really, from a production standpoint, to do anything special requires time and time to figure it out, time to figure out, do we have enough money for this, time to experiment. I think the challenge with doing something, I mean, if you're doing something special, chances are it's something you've never done before. So chances are you don't really know how much it's going to cost or how much time it's going to take or, you know, all those things, or if it's even going to work until you see it. And so that's the big, that's one of the bigger challenges with Christmas and Easter is that time to figure out a new idea if it's actually doable.
1: Yeah, you need those you need those time, you need that time to be able to like actually start kind of playing with it and molding it and like you said like you know, you know tech people generally are really good at you know finding the the problems like here's okay in order to be able to do this if you want to fly you know our pastor in from the back of the room or whatever <laughs> okay so how are we going to do that and do we have the rigging and you know creative persons not you know, like rigging what's that
0: right safety come on
1: so yeah just being able to have those conversations early enough where you can uh, you know, because they're trying to figure out the idea, and is is this going to be like a creative way to tell a story? And then tech people, a lot of times, they're tasked with, well, how do we do this? Sure. Like, how do we actually pull this off?
0: And I think from both sides of uh, of the aisle, so to speak, you have the cre- the person with the creative idea, and then you have the executors of the idea. That I know, for me, for many years, I used to get real defensive about, um, could I pull this off or not? And as a responsible Minded person, I don't want to let anyone down, and so I was saying yes to too much and and uh just figuring that people knew that what they were asking for was crazy or not doable or whatever, but I was gonna do it anyway. Um, and so it took me a long time to say, you know what, these ideas are just ideas right now, and we're nobody's in the hot seat, nobody has to defend anything, we're just trying to figure out can it be done?
1: There's no wrong answers.
0: Right. And I think the, uh, so the challenge from both sides is to, from, from a tech person, just to not assume that someone's asking me to do the impossible without being willing to go through the process of can we, you know, how do we do this? And then from the creative person's standpoint, to be open to the idea that maybe the idea needs a little refinement to see if with what we have, we could, you know, if we tweaked it a little bit, we could do it or, or whatever. And so, I think one of the things that I really learned is let's get the ideas out there. Let's then leave the room and figure out at least from a technical side, uh, how do we do all these ideas and let's put a price tag next to it and a timetable next to it and then meet back and say, Hey, this is kind of what we think is going to be the reality. What do we do now? Um, and I think, For years, I used to be the one feeling like I needed to figure this out when it's really now that we have some tangible numbers associated with the idea. Now it's really up to all of us to get back together and say, let's maybe we need to rethink the creative idea based on what we can afford. Um, And so to be able to prioritize, yeah, this idea is not as important. So let's just not even do that one. Or let's talk about this number associated with this idea how can we bring that number down and so for the tech side to be able to say well we could do this or we could do that or you know to show up with solutions um for us to talk about and just said instead of just saying no this idea won't work or you know but to to gather back together to collaborate on here's the money we have and the time we have so what do we want to do now
1: yeah and a lot of it is even just you know, you throw an idea out there and it's, there may not even be like a playbook, like in order to do this thing, we have to do it a certain way. And, right. you know, churches are notorious for like, you have to find creative ways to do things, you know, because you are on a budget and there, you know, you can't just throw money at the, at the problem. You need to be able to like find the way to, 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 to do it in such a way where, uh, you know, you, you borrow something or you use this. We're going to change the idea because we have this handy and this other thing we have to go out and purchase. All the different things that you have to do that. Sure. Did you find that, like, you know, like communication? Like, how did you do that between, like, creative and, and the, the tech side of things? How did you make sure, just from your desk, that communication was, was flowing so that people were in the loop and there wasn't surprises? Or, hey, we changed this idea and we didn't know this or, you know... How would you handle that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, what ends up happening is uh, we probably met more often than any of us wanted to. And usually the meetings were very free form. Like, here's my list of things to talk about, and you bring your list of things to talk about, and we're just going to talk about them. And when our hour is up, we're going to move on. But we found that having as many people in the room talking about it and as close to the idea generation as possible— Uh, was super helpful. So I would say most tech people, eh, I wouldn't put them in the initial brainstorming meeting uh, because we kick into that gear of trying to solve the problems instead of just letting the ideas uh, germinate and become whatever they will eventually become. Uh, I could tell you I've been kicked out of more brainstorming meetings than I can count <laughs> because I was just trying to solve the problems.
1: Well, see, I, and I'm I'm a weird creative in that I am that person. I'm the one that will tell you five reasons why you can't do that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think too, in a lot of churches, the you know the worship pastor or whatever is the only one on staff, and so you know when you know you're the one who's have to walk out of the meeting to do the ideas, it's a lot easier to like poke holes in them along the way because uh that was my problem like i'm the i mean ideas these are great people but i'm the one who has to actually do them and so no um anyway so to get uh, a bunch of uh you know the 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 production team in the room with the creative to pitch the idea and then just continuing to talk through those uh the challenges and the the hurdles to overcome um i think there's not it's it's not possible to over communicate enough um, there are so many moving parts and so many people involved and it's real easy to get ahead of ourselves or to not include someone by mistake uh, that I found just invite everyone and as often as possible to, you know, the decision makers, uh, the people who are building the set and doing the lighting and Um, because the minute I know for me, the minute I would talk to the creative and then try to pass that information on to the lighting person, let's say something gets lost, even though I really want to communicate everything. Um, and so in some respects it was real, I mean, I working at Willow Creek, you know, it's a big organization. It's not a very flat structure, but at a certain point in the process, we had to flatten it out so that the creative person would sit with the lighting person. And figure out what lighting should look like instead of me getting in the middle of that um, or somebody else you know as an in between person, and so even for that reason, uh we were talking a little bit about before we started recording the idea of you know Easter is a function of how you operate every week, yeah, uh it's just on steroids, it's like way bigger, so all your all the things you do really well, you nail it uh, at Easter, and the things that you're not so good at they are a disaster at Easter. And so this is the moment when if I want the creative person to sit with the lighting uh, person, I need to know that they have a good relationship and can work well together. And that happens way before Easter. It also happens probably outside of meetings and outside of the weekend rehearsal schedule. And like we need to create opportunities for them to have a relationship to base their working together on that's not just the pressure cooker of rehearsal time or, or, uh or services yeah you
1: have this ministry and 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 when it comes to doing a large-scale production like an easter or christmas or whatever you're putting pressure you're putting tension on it and so for a typical sunday for you know i guess it would be the, the the equivalent of let's say you're driving your car you've got your ford taurus and you're you're driving down the road and uh you know in in town it does pretty good you know 40 55 yeah, yeah. you know 40 or 50 miles an hour it does good it might make a sound here and there or there might be certain things that aren't like perfect it doesn't just drive like a dream, but it works and it gets you to work and it's in it and it it does really well. You get it on the interstate. And you start doing 80 miles an hour, and it starts vibrating a little bit. Like, yeah. all of a sudden, all those little problems that you could kind of get away with when you were just going 30 or 40 miles an hour, now at 80 miles an hour, like, now it's starting to overheat a little bit. Now yeah. it's starting to vibrate a little bit. Like, you see, you see where your, your, uh, your pain points are right. much easier when you're trying to get ready for a big production like this.
0: Yeah, and I would say at Easter time and Christmas or the big events, there's not time to have to solve those problems. It's not like if you're on the interstate with your Taurus, you can't pull over and go to the mechanic and get it fixed. Like it's too late. You're on the highway. It's, it's go time. And so, yeah, working on it, uh, when the pressure isn't on solving those little, those little problems, like something like the band showing up on time or the pro presenter lyrics being ready or, a vocalist knowing the song before they walk in. I mean, all those little things that, you know, the drummer being five minutes late, uh, every week is not a problem, uh, that we can't deal with, you know, that we'll, we'll put up with it. But then, you know, yeah, when Easter comes and you got rehearsals late at night and on weird times and everybody's tired and just wants to go home. Yeah. All that stuff kind of adds up. And so if you're not taking care of it as it's happening, um, yeah, you're gonna have problems, bigger problems at Easter.
1: When when Easter's coming, and you know it's that last week, and rehearsals are going long, and things like that, it can be real hard. And like I, like we said earlier, just the fact that you are putting more tension on a ministry and on a process and all that than you normally do for a Sunday. What would you do as like the tech leader to help keep morale up?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, a lot of my job was uh, is really to uh, to to encourage people, to remind them why we're doing what we're doing, what—I hate to say what the stakes are, but just, yeah, what we're all—what we all get the privilege to be about. We have a chance to uh, facilitate the sharing of the gospel to people who may have never heard it before, and each part that we're providing is helping uh, with that message to, to, um, to inspire people to move them in a direction that's maybe closer to God to um, to not have any distractions in the room so that they're able to hear the message clearly um, and then I would say I'm just I was sitting here thinking about there would be times in the rehearsal process or even you know in service number five of 10 or something like that that I would just go around to people and just touch them on the shoulder hey I don't need anything from you I'm just human touch like I'm here for you yeah it was like a joke yeah human touch human touch Uh, (laughs) that's all I would say I don't need anything and yeah I just I think even as you're with each other you know you're you're there for rehearsals at night you you know sitting down at dinner together maybe trying to make sure uh going around to all the volunteers and just hey how are you doing and how's work and yeah just all those little things that make up Uh, the relationship. And I would say most volunteers that I know, they start serving because they think it would be fun and cool. Almost everybody stays for the relationships. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you're a singer or a camera operator or a sound engineer or a guitar player, you love to play, you love to sing, you love to run a camera, but you really love the people you get to do it with. That's why you stick around. And so I think for me making it, not just a machine of we got to get through rehearsal so we can all get out of here so we can create this thing. You know, I think it's real easy for it to become more like a machine that we're cranking out a great Easter service instead of this is an experience we get to do together. Um, And the fact that God created us to do this together. uh, I know for me, it was really important to, I want to make sure we're not missing this opportunity that we are together. Let's leverage it let's make something out of it
1: i think that just put yeah just working with people and and putting that vision in front is so important all right todd are you ready now for the bonus round
0: bonus round all right i think so are you okay
1: (laughs) in three here we go in two it's coming one coffee or tea
0: coffee black
1: early riser or night owl
0: Early riser.
1: Favorite Netflix or TV show?
0: Uh, just finished watching The Kaminsky Method on Ooh, Netflix. Nice. Very good. Yeah.
1: Uh, cat or dog? Dog. All the way. New York City or
0: L.A.? Ooh. New York City. Crunchy or creamy? Crunchy. 200% <laughs> crunchy. Oh, wow. That was like with
1: enthusiasm.
0: <laughs> My grandfather was uh, worked for a peanut broker Uh, And so we were all about Peanuts uh, when I was a kid, so crunchy all the way.
1: That's funny. Favorite song or artist to tune a PA with?
0: Ooh. Uh, I'm just going to go general here. I don't tune too many PAs anymore, but uh, it would have to be from the yacht rock genre of songs. I love it already. 70s, 80s, slightly overproduced. Uh, steely dan or yeah um, michael mcdonald christopher cross all those i I love all that
1: my song was uh one headlight by the wallflowers there's just something about that song i knew all the intricacies of it i could throw it on and
0: yeah and then i would probably say there would at some point uh i would have to play a mozart piece uh, really really well yeah okay that's cool that's, that's just me
1: yeah what's a hidden talent that you have that only a few people know about
0: hidden talent that's a tough one um <laughs> i don't i don't know if i'd call any of it a talent i uh i have uh, in the past uh, been a watercolor painter so. really yeah
1: mm-hmm. hey, when's the last time that you've done a done a piece
0: uh it's probably been a few years but it was a uh, this is a rabbit trail maybe but it was so so great for me to understand the creative process uh by doing watercolors uh that you know you have a plan, and the the product doesn't always look like the plan. Uh, it was so useful for, and the pressure to have it turn out exactly how you want it to. It was so good for me to understand what. Creatives that I was working with at church were going through uh, that, you know, a good idea doesn't just, yeah, just make it better. It doesn't work that way. Uh, So uh, anyway, that's fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why we do the bonus round right there. Good (laughs)
1: job. Yeah. One of the first places that I heard about the things that you were doing actually came when you exited. Willow Creek, and you started doing this conference called Philo, which stands for First In, Last Out, which kind of describes a lot of tech people, that yep. they're the first ones to get there, and it's their cars you see in the parking lot when you drive by. Yeah, And uh, and so I've always been really intrigued with the idea, and, and the Philo conference is coming up here at the end of May. But I just wanted to give you a moment and just kind of hear your heart. i like, when you started that what was it that was missing that you that you you saw a need that you wanted to be able to help capture and be able to help people with?
0: yeah, I mean it's a really long story uh that basically takes a lot of uh, a lot of my life as a technical person uh and really the desire for community uh with other people like me, I felt very uh, not alone, but lonely. Like at my church, nobody really understood what I did, what I spent my time on, uh, what it took to do what what uh, I was doing. And so I was just craving, who else is doing this, and let's get together. Um, and so that really began back in the early 2000s, uh, doing that when I was at a church in Michigan. And just through my life, the opportunities to do something like that has been a part of that while I've been working at a church. And so When I uh, felt like it was my time, my time at Willow Creek was done. I really didn't know what I was going to do next, and I felt like if I don't step away, I will never find out. Uh, I felt like I needed the vacuum. Uh, I mean, I have the best wife in the world; like she must have thought I was totally insane. But like, I need to step away from this, and then you know, God will fill in uh, the thing that needs to take that spot. And really, months and months went by, and nothing happened. And uh, I thought, crap, what am I going to do? <laughs> um, and really, this idea of Philo came uh, came around, and I was like, I don't even know how to do this on my own. I don't know how to do it while I don't have a full-time job that's really paying the bills, and how do I devote more time to this? And really, uh, this is probably more information than you were looking for, but the for me... I sat in a message by Louis Giglio uh, in 2014, and he talked about climbing the Matterhorn, uh, which is a mountain in the Alps. And he's like, I'm not a mountain climber. I have no idea how to do this, but what I do know is how to take the next step that's right in front of me. I could see that. I know how to do it. I can, you know. And so if I just kind of add up all those steps, eventually I'll make it to the top of the Matterhorn. And so. For me, that was really a moment of saying, "Hey, I I think I need to do this Philo thing. I don't know what to call it. I don't know what it looks like, but I do know that I knew a couple steps I need to take right now. And I th- I feel like if I don't try and do something, I'm going to regret it. And so uh, I really felt like, hey, if this if it's a huge success, we'll just keep keep going with it. Uh, if it's a total bomb, then we'll do something else. Um, and so." yeah really gathered a group of people together that had been with me on a lot of this journey from even the early 2000s to say hey i feel like what i was looking for i found out that every every other tech person i was with was looking for the same things like how do i get better who understands me i just need a little bit of inspiration to keep going uh that that even when i came to willow creek in uh the you know 2004 I noticed that they a lot of those folks that I worked with felt the same way, and so I knew it wasn't, and I'd been to other countries and discovered that, man, church tech people are kind of the same everywhere, and we maybe speak a different language, but at some point we speak the same language, and yeah, I just felt like this, there's really there's a lot of things out there, but there's nothing for that's providing these things for tech people.
1: Were you surprised at the response after the first one?
0: Uh yeah, um was I surprised? I mean, I I just I I felt like each so the first year we did it, uh we did four one-day events that were identical in air quotes uh at four different locations around the country. And it was a lot of work and it was way outside of my comfort zone and uh, I mean, I never considered myself to be an entrepreneur and so this is like I'm making something up out of thin air and in some ways, making it up in th- out of thin air, and I was just at the end of, at each one of those we had an amazing time. I mean God showed up in amazing ways, uh but underneath it all, i 'm just like, how am I going to keep doing this like um uh, it's like my nerves are shot, I'm worried about ticket sales i you know yeah, we're having a great time in Seattle with sixty people, but i don 't think I can keep doing it you know on that scale, and I think um yeah, then that year we decided, after that year was done. I was just so glad I didn't owe money to anyone. I, you know, sort of zeroed out the whole thing, and I'm like, well, we're gonna keep doing it. Uh, we learned a lot, and now we're gonna lump all that into a two, one, two day experience. So all that effort, all that uh, energy, we're gonna devote to one event, and yeah, it's just been so amazing to see, uh, people. I think the people that have jumped on board to help and be a part of it, that so many people love their tech people and want to be a part of, you know, supporting them and pouring into them, which is so inspiring to see. And then it just, I I have to say uh, for us, so we provide three things, the, which I've mentioned already community. So just a chance to be in a room with people that are like you and get you and laugh at the same jokes that you do. Um, You know, Uh, We can all make fun of uh, wearing black and sitting in a corner, you know, in the back, you know, that, that resonates with all of us. Um, A chance to get better at what you do. So to gather as many practitioners of the technical uh, skills that we need together to teach on those subjects. Um, Actually this year we're expanding that to be, to be more than that. We know that non-tech people are coming with their tech teams. And so we're, We're doing a music and worship track and we're doing a content development track this year, which is a new thing for us. Um, And uh, what's the other thing inspire? We we just want to inspire people to keep going. And really for us, the main sessions is a chance for a tech person to be in the room and not have to do anything except be there. And I would say traditionally it's been very uncomfortable. The first session when we're doing worship, Uh, because most people don't know what to do with themselves. Um, and so we usually try to say, Hey, you know, flashing lights and great sound and video shots, like get it out of your system, you know, the critique and all the things that you do as a tech person. And then now it's time to just be in the moment, um, and not worry about any of that stuff. And I would say for me, that's the most, uh, that's the part I love the most seeing And hearing, you know, it's predominantly men who are there, you know, maybe it's 80% men, to hear all those guys singing, full voice, hands in the air, eyes closed, yeah, I mean, there's nothing to compare with it uh, in in my view.
1: Philo Conference is May 21st and 22nd at Willow Creek Community Church, just northwest of Chicago. And Philo is a place for skill development, connecting with people that are just like you, and finding inspiration. They do have tracks for leadership and for worship leaders, but the main focus, the main thing, their bread and butter is serving those that serve in the technical arts, those that Mix sound and design lights and run cameras, those that often like to hide in the shadows and wear black. I actually plan on being at Philo this year, which is going to be my first time. I've always heard good things about the conference, and so I want to see it for myself. Plus, there's a great opportunity to create some YouTube videos and collaborate with some of the best people at what they do. So, if you plan on being there too, let's connect. The cost of the conference is $169, but that goes up to over $200 after April 21st. And if you bring groups of four or more, the cost is even less. I'll put a link to the Philo website in the show notes so you can see all the tracks that they have available and check out all the main session speakers and the teachers. And on the topic of production, I've been at my new church for about six months and one of the biggest YouTube video requests that I have received over that time is a video that is a tour. I've gotten emails, I've gotten DMs, there's been comments on YouTube videos. So the latest YouTube video finally delivers with a tour of our media booth. This is where we run Pro Presenter and front of house and lighting, so you get to see all of that. Plus, we just redid our media storage closet, and I show that off as well. And hopefully, this video inspires you and gives you some ideas for your own ministries. I'll put a link to that video and the Philo Conference and anything else that we mentioned in this episode, in the show notes, you can find them at practicalworshipblog.com slash podcast 12. Now, I'm assuming that if you've made it this far, that you've really enjoyed this podcast. And if you're listening to this on the Apple podcast iOS app, I want to ask you to do something. Would you leave an honest five-star review and rating? Here's why that's important. Those reviews and those ratings tell iTunes to suggest this podcast to other people that have similar interests so that more and more people – can benefit from this content. Even if you're listening to this from Google Play or Spotify or TuneIn or Stitcher, you probably know someone that would enjoy this episode. Consider sharing the link on social media or just email it to somebody. I really would appreciate it. And those that will discover the podcast because of you, appreciate it as well. This has been the Practical Worship Podcast. I'm Dave Dolphin, and let's do this again next month. coffee or tea
0: coffee black
1: it just made me think of that from airplane the whole line about like i take uh, i take my coffee like i take my men yeah (laughs) (laughs) that might get edited out we'll see yeah